Amen. I thank our young people. What a blessing it is to always watch them, especially as they grow. It won't be long they'll be in the same shoes that some of our older ones are now. They're in college, and it seems like it happens so fast, especially anymore. It just seems like time flies. And But we know that all God's in control of all those things, and we thank the Lord that we have a group of young people here that love to sing, and they, they love, I believe they love the Lord. What I'd like for you to go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. Ephesians in chapter 4. We're going to cover, Lord willing, these 32 verses of Scripture. Praying God's blessing and power upon the Word. We're going to be preaching on a sermon titled, Living a Victorious Life for Christ. And this is the way to live a victorious life for Christ, especially if you're of the church family, you're saved by God's amazing grace. The Bible gives you everything you need, especially in this one chapter of how to live a victorious life, not just a victorious life, but I believe in the day in which we're living, we can live a courageous life in spite of the devil's attacks in spite of how uh, the devil uses people to do things to hurt or harm or maim, God, the Bible says, gives us everything we need uh, to be able to stand in these last days. And truly, in these last days in which we live, it is a, it is a, uh, a daunting task to continue to be up, to be upbeat, to have the Christ-like, Christ-centered life. Because in this world which you live, I'm telling you, the people, uh, uh, people are, are doing the devil's bidding at all, at all turns in every corner. And the devil knows that, listen, his time is limited. So he's going to fight the church even more and greater in these days in which we now live than he ever has. The devil's attacks are getting stronger they're coming from all different sides, and people are. To be honest with you, if you talk, go out into the, go out into the different churches, and you hear people talking about it. You know, it's just such a, it's such a hard thing anymore to live to live righteously. It's really not a hard thing to live righteously. I mean, you just keep doing what God has always taught you in the Word, and you're going to be all right. I know there's going to be times when we uh, feel down and uh, completely down and out. We may be beaten down. You may be trodden down. But just know this. God knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows every situation that you've come into. So as we look at this Scripture and we see what God's Word is saying, we'll begin at verse 1. We'll try to read this whole entire chapter. He says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering forbearing one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling 
One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, was it, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fulfill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up into Him all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by which ever joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testifying the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard Him, and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and truth and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. And let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that steal, stole, steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake 
hath forgiven you. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne on this night as we have gathered for this Bible study, we have gathered in this house tonight to bring you praise and honor and glory, to worship you. And dear God, I know that even as we entered into this place of worship, this house that's set aside for thy body, Lord, you have viewed the very heart and mind of each and every individual that has come in. And Lord, tonight I pray that the spirit of the devil be not in this place. Lord, I pray that your glory would so fill this house that the devil himself cannot even find a place to come in and to evade. Father, we pray that you would encourage your children tonight. You would help us to see in times of trouble and need that there is a Savior. There is that lifeline that's thrown out to each and every Christian that is here tonight. Things of which we should do and things which we should abstain from. Help us, dear God, tonight to see these things that we might have a truly revived heart. That our minds being made up to do one thing, that is to glorify the Savior and edify the saints of God. Lord, I pray that you'll bless us this evening. Help us, dear God, to live not only victorious lives, but courageous lives for thy sake and for thy glory. Lord, bless us. Forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. And amen. Emmanuel, our message tonight as it concerns this letter into the church at Ephesus is that it certainly is possible to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. Too often in today's society, people often give up and give in to the devil's attacks and find themselves actually on the wrong side of holiness and Christian love. In this chapter and lesson tonight, we will actually be given the way to uphold the church and amplify our Christian walk and Christian care for each other. So how do we encourage the victorious life within the church? I believe the first 16 verses of Scripture that we have read here this evening shows us that the unified body is a body to where God can bless the greatest. As a matter of fact, a, a body that is not unified and is not bringing God glory, God is, is threatened that He would pull the candlestick from such a church. From a church that's not no longer preaching what thus saith the Lord, that does no longer care for the saint and the fellow citizen within our own ranks. Listen, a unified church is the glory of Christ. When Christ died, He died for His people. And as such, we who make up His church are to bring Him glory through our unity and our togetherness. A church divided, now listen to this, a church divided cannot, and I repeat, cannot bring glory to He who gave His life for it. The Bible teaches us here, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
This word endeavoring in the Greek here means to be eager. We're to be eager. We're to work at this. And that means to make every effort to do one's best to make sure that in the bond of unity we endeavor to keep those things where God can bless His church the most. I believe that we are to work at love. Sometimes it's a major work. I believe we're to care for each other as a true family of the living God. In Ephesians 4 and 4, the very first stanza of that verse says, there is one body. And this is simply speaking about the unified body. That's what this one body is, and one body of believers. We're not a bunch of believers who are believing different things and going different directions. We have one reason to be in this house tonight, and that's number one, to give God glory. Not only to give God glory, but to but to do everything in our power to edify the saints of God. And that means every one of us. Not just a preacher. That doesn't mean just the teachers. That doesn't mean just the elders such as the deacons. But it means every individual in this house has to work at unifying and edifying the saints of God. There is one body. That indicates a body which is for each other. There for each other and in support of each other. We are all equal in Christ Jesus. In Romans in chapter 12, once again we look at these old scriptures that bring back to our memory things that have been taught in times past. In verse 5 of Romans 12, the Bible says, So we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. That means we're not here just for ourselves, but we're here for each other. We're here as a group of baptized believers for the sake of the whole body and the common use and goal of bringing glory to God. In verse 10, the Bible says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Our times of worship whether we're in an open church service such as tonight, whether it's a ladies' meeting or a men's meeting, which uh, uh, some of the young men have, have uh, voiced a desire that the men's meeting start back up and we pray they'll be able to do that soon. Whether it's special events, everything that we do, everything that we say should be to His praise and our encouragement. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, again we look at this scripture that we've already read, but I want to, to, to focus upon these scriptures tonight. In verse 11, down through verse 16, he says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did he give, why did he set up his church in this manner? Why did Jesus Christ make sure that these are the elements in which the true church can grow? 
because that's exactly what He wanted them to do. To grow in love with one another and into the praise and glory of His righteous name. It says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Folks, that's the reason why tonight that I believe that everything we do ought to be for the edification of the saints of God, for the uplifting, for the building up of the saints. When you begin to tear down the saints of God, whether you're the pastor, whether you're a teacher, a deacon, or just a, a lay person in the pew, listen, when you begin to tear down the people of God, when you begin to do things that, that destroy the unity and the love within the church, that's a, that, that right there is a recipe for disaster. As a matter of fact, it's the one way that you can destroy a church. There have been many churches destroyed in America today. There have been many churches across this nation that has been utterly wiped off the face of the, of the map because of what has transpired within a, a, a group of individuals that begin to fight and, and begin to want to have their, their say over anybody else's. Those things always breed contempt and contempt always brings about a, a, a time when edification is not being brought forth. The Bible goes on to say in verse 14 that we henceforth no, no more, excuse me, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in him all things, which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. You see this last verse here in verse 16. It tells you exactly what the inner workings of the church ought to look like. Every one of us has a part in this body. Every member that makes up this body has a place. I don't care if you're the youngest Christian that, is, that has been saved and added to the church or you're the eldest Christian that is a member of this body. Everyone has a, has a reason and a God-given gift to perform in and through the church. We just left Sister Mildred and and up there, you know, the one thing that she always talks about is the fact that she prays for us. And just with her, just with her voice saying how much she loves this church, that's an uplift. You know what that does? It encourages. That encourages that one uh, uh, like myself, you know, her pastor who, 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 is, who is sitting there trying to be a blessing to her and yet she's been a blessing to me by talking about how much she loves us and how much she wants to see this church flourish. Folks, that's encouraging. You know what? She has done her part. You know what she has done? She has edified this pastor. That's what it's all about, folks. Listen. It doesn't take a, a, a rocket scientist to understand what God has said here. We're to encourage one another. The more that a people tear down one another, the more disruption comes in to the body of Christ. And, very, and it ain't going to be very long that a church that is suffering such will no longer have the doors open. We've got to be careful. 
So how do we encourage the victorious life among saints? Secondly, we must change our way of thinking and our actions toward others. In verse 17 down through verse 31 of our text in Ephesians 4, you see everything, the things that we are to do, the things we're to stay away from, the things we're to promote, the things we're to abstain from. These are the things that is a recipe for the building up of a real strong church. Listen, there's a few things you got to do here. The Bible states this, that listen, we've got to, we've not, we've got to be uh, uh, beyond this thing of being past feeling. In other words, you have to care what other people feel. You have to care about what other people think. Listen, it is not good for somebody to sit back and say, well, I don't care how bad it hurts them. If I'm right, I'm right. You know what? There's a way to bring that out too. There's a way to show that. There's a way to, to walk like that proves this and brings it out. Not to be past feeling. Because the Bible says you've not so learned Christ. Praise God He hasn't been past feeling with us. I praise God tonight that even though we are sinners and we, are, we, are often, we often fail our Heavenly Father and our Savior, He doesn't just cast us off, does He? He doesn't just absolutely uh, uh, squash us down to where we are down below the dirt. No, he, he encourages us. The Bible says there are some things we need to put off. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Why? Because if you're a new creature in Christ, if you're saved by God's amazing grace, you're to put away the old life. You're to put away the old attitude. You know, this thing, well, that's just the way I am. No, that, that, God, doesn't, that, God doesn't buy that. God does not, uh, God does not say, no, I, I agree with you. That's just the way you are. That's the way you are because you're past feeling. The Bible says we've got to be, we've got to go beyond that. The Bible says, be you renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put off those things and put on the new man, which is after God is cre created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore? He says, putting away lying, speak every man truth unto his neighbor, for we are all members of one another. Be angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know, I believe that this one thing right here, if all churches would take care of the business at hand, if there is a problem, just like uh, the Bible says, if thy brother has offended you, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to go to him. You're supposed to go to Him. You know what? He may not even know that He's offended you. And if you don't go to Him and make this thing right and try to hash this thing out, it'll continue to fester in your mind and you'll continue to grow hateful. Your hatred will continue to build for this individual. And He may not even know He's offended you. That's the reason why God says this. Listen. Be angry and sin not and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, I believe verse 27 is where a lot of people fail. I believe this is the reason why there's so many church splits today. This is the reason why there's so many problems within the pews of the many churches today. It says, neither give place to the devil, but I'm afraid that too often the reason there's fighting, bickering, and clamoring over here is because the devil has taken, taken over. Listen, the Bible says those things are not of the Spirit that's causing 
You know what? That's if if there's anger in our hearts, if there's malice in our hearts, if there's bitterness in our hearts, that ain't coming from the Holy Spirit. That only comes from one one power, and that is the dark side. Those things only come from the devil. You know why? Because he'd love to tear a church like this apart. He would love to see a church like this begin to begin to wane and begin to falter and begin to point the finger at other people and say, well, that's the reason. This is the reason. Folks, the Bible states, listen, that's, that's of the devil. That ain't coming from the Holy Spirit of God. We need to develop a new attitude. We need to, a new way of thinking. We're not to be enemies, but fellow soldiers of Christ. We see that in verse 22 down through verse 24 here. How do we renew our minds? We do it by different kind of thinking. And sometimes it's a hard place to come to. The way to change your attitude is to start thinking differently. In Romans in chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Notice what it says here now. And this is one of the one of my go-to verses anymore because I think it, it just it just relieves every problem if you just think about it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you believe it's the will of God for a church to actually fight so much that she ends up splitting? That's not the, that's not the will of God. That's the will of the devil. That's how the devil works. When he sees a church such as this, and listen, churches like this is far and few in between, folks. I want you to know there's a lot of churches tonight that are meeting with just very few, maybe maybe a handful. Why? Because there's problems somewhere. I've heard people say, well, what are you all doing over there? We ain't doing nothing. We're preaching the Word of God and that's what we're supposed to be doing. Well, you must be doing something to have all those people. No. No, we're not doing anything any extra. Anything that any other church should be doing. Listen, I believe that every church is going to stand on its own one day. Every one of us is going to stand on our own. How we come into the house of God, we're going to give an account one day. When we stand at the beam of seat of Christ, you know that everything that we have done is going to go through the fires. How's it going to fare you? What's going to come out the other side for you? Will it be ash? Or will it be gold tried as by fire? It all depends on our attitudes. Amen? It all depends upon our hearts. How are you serving the Lord? Is it, is it a drudgery to you to come to the house of God? Is it a drudgery for you to hear the same old preacher for the last 20 years? Is it a drudgery for you to, to say, well, here we go again. Listen, this is God's plan for a church. This is how God builds a church. This is how God instills within that church the way that it should go. Transform our minds. Are you living a defeated life tonight? 
We've got to develop that new attitude. We've got to change the way we think of others. How do we renew our minds? By different thinking. Ephesians 1, in verse 17 and 18 here, Ephesians chapter 1. Well, I'll tell you what, where these days are getting shorter, it gets dark quick. It's, it's almost dark out there. But in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, the Bible states this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Romans 12, verse 10, down through verse 21. It talks about all these wonderful things. Let me ask you something. Are you being led by the right Spirit? You know, the Bible says, I believe it's in 1 John, that we're to try the Spirit's. You know what? You don't really have to try the Spirit if you know where hatred and love comes in. You know the one that has hatred or malice or bitterness or anger. You know that's not the Spirit of the Holy One that's called you. Because the Holy One who has called you ushers in hope. He ushers in love for one another. He ushers in a feeling of camaraderie. A feeling of togetherness. A feeling that we're in an army together. A soldier of Christ. That, my friend, is what the Spirit of God does for His people. In 1 John 4, 1, let's just just go ahead and look at this. 1 John 4 and verse 1. The Bible states this. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Listen. Bitterness and malice and hatred is not of the Lord. Be not deceived. Anger is not either. Are we being led by the right spirit? I go back for just a moment to Galatians in chapter 5. In verse 7 down through verse 10. And we're going to come to a close here in just a little bit. In Galatians 5, beginning at verse 7. The Bible says, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. In other words, that's the devil doing that to you. Listen, if you have began to fall away in your service to the Lord, if your love has begun to wane for other fellow saints of God, who hindered you? Again, this persuasion didn't come from the Lord that called you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? 
Then as this offense of the cross ceased, I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. You know, a lot of people say, man, alive. Paul, Paul had a lot to say, and a lot of times he said it kind of brashly, but that's how much Paul loved the church. He would to God that the troublemaker would go away. He said, you know, because number one, it's of the devil. Evidently, something's not right there in that, that life. Uh, being led by the, by the evil spirit of darkness other than the spirit of light. Where are you going tonight? And again, in Galatians 5, uh, verse 16, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Lastly tonight, I want to speak on this. How can we as a church live a victorious life for Christ? Be kind to one another for Christ's sake. In Ephesians 4.32, again we see this very thing being played out at the end of this chapter. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God's children are to be always ready to love and reconcile. We're to always love one another. We're always to be an uplift to one another. Our speech to one another should always be seasoned with grace, according to Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6. In Psalm 55, in verse 6 through 14, it talks about these very things. Listen, far too many Christians today are allowing themselves by the words and actions they take to be a destroying factor in God's house. Make sure you're not like this one David spoke of in Psalm 55. Listen, how, how do we make sure that we're in the right place? First John chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 4 all speaks about how we're to be in love with one another as Christians. As saints of God, we're to uphold one another, encourage one another. That's the victorious life lived for Christ. And that victorious life lived for Christ always leads to the path of love for fellow saints. Make sure you're on the right path. Love without dissimulation. In other words, make sure when you say you love somebody that it's not something that's put on, but that it's real. How easy is it to love when you're really... Have it deep down in your heart. Listen, it's easy to love. And that's the way we ought to be. We ought to be ready to love. To encourage. We ought to endeavor to keep the unity of this body intact. That's the one thing that the men pray for every Sunday night in this, in this prayer room. Is praying for the unified body. Praying that God will always protect the unity and the love of the brotherhood. Because when that, begins to, when that begins to fall apart, the church falls apart. Folks, we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Know that the devil is a raging, roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What is his greatest triumph? What is the devil's greatest trophy? A church like this. A church just like this. 
that would be his greatest trophy. One that has had a great name. One that has issued great love from it. This would be the greatest trophy that Satan ever gained. That's the reason why we got to keep our eyes up. Keep our love up. Encourage and uplift. May God bless us our prayer. Let's all stand, please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before Your throne this evening, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank You, dear God, for Your amazing grace. We thank You for Your salvation. We also thank You tonight, dear God, for Your protection of Thy body. Lord, I pray that You will always watch over the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. Lord, keep us together in love with one another. Help us, dear God, tonight to be what we need to be for Your honor and for Your glory. Help us, dear God, to fend off Satan when he attacks. Give us the strength to say, not in this house. Lord, I pray that You'll bless us. I pray that Your power would increase in this house. I pray for souls to be saved and saved to be brought closer to You. Forgive us, Lord, our sin. In Christ's name and amen. Have our song leader and our pianist to come.